Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Tevin Pittman, Alex Brandt-Bernard-Rasmussen, Andy Brandt-Bernard, and Cassie Trader. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back. Janine Roth, the book is called This Messy, Magnificent Life, A Field Guide, next Tom Bernard Show. Join us every Thursday at 2 o'clock Central for our newest podcast, Car Selling Secrets. It'll be co-hosted by me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal from Walzer Automotive Group. We'll be talking about lots of stuff relating to how dealership sales actually work, as well as the latest product updates from nearly every make sold in the USA. If you have questions for the podcast, either email Doug at Walzer.com or call the studio live at 952-800-1492. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. We're rocking out, man. I mean, not really. No, not really. It's a little light for rocking out. It's Boston. It is indeed. (laughs) Let let me know when Janine Roth is ready to go. I will. uh, I will kick into it. Uh, This messy, magnificent life. A field guide to mind, body, and soul. That's Which should I, be pretty interesting. Yeah, that's how I felt this morning. I felt my <laughs> life was a disaster. It, it's so icy out. I I had to put my side mirror in a chokehold just to hang onto the car so I could scrape mm-hmm. it off. It took me oh, 15 minutes to get into my car. My son was sliding down the driveway. <laughs> it was bonkers. It was so because it rained last night and then the temperature dropped. Yeah. Everything turned to ice. Yeah, I'm so, saying on top of that. Did you hear? The, Oh, go ahead. No, that's all right. I was just saying, top of that, with the 40-degree weather, we had to melt everything. Yep. Yeah, and it's all (laughs) refrozen. All right, we have Janine on the phone. Ladies and gentlemen, the book's called This Messy, Magnificent Life. A field guide to mind, body, and soul offers a way to reframe and understand the world of anxiety we live in now. Janine Roth. Janine, you need to help us, Janine. You're here. you got a big job ahead of you because <laughs> it's, like, painful to live in the United States right now. Oh, is it ever? It's just nonstop. Yeah. Everybody hates everybody. What is that? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I don't actually know what to say about this. I was writing this book before this current age of anxiety, and now <laughs> there's more anxiety. So, um I think the the only thing that I have found that works is one person at a time dealing mm-hmm. with themselves, being themselves, yeah. seeing what is going on for them. Uh, you know, because I think what's going on outside of us in the world, so to speak, in the hive mind, so to speak, in the collective mind is a reflection of each of our own individual minds. So I think change happens first with us. And I think that's the hard part. We feel so overwhelmed, and then we get into despair, and then we feel like we're helpless and there's nothing to do. And then, of course, (laughs) a lot of people eat. I mean, I have found, I saw a very funny Tina Fey 
uh, clip of uh, her eating in response to everything that's going on. And so those are the kinds of things mm-hmm. that I address. How do you actually be with what's going on and not turn to a so-called addictive behavior in order to handle it because then that's just a distraction and you don't ever get to feel powerful in your own life. Yeah, I understand exactly what you're talking I think the problem we have right now, are, there are no rules. There are rules for certain people, but other people don't have to follow those rules. Uh, for example, last night on the Super Bowl, Travis Scott said the F word three times on national television. They bleeped it out. But there are children in the stadium. This guy's dropping the F-bomb. What happened to our society? Why, why do people think they can do that now? I don't get it. Well, again, I would really say that the answer to all of that uh, has to do with or can only be handled on an individual level. I, I yeah, think that, I of course, when, when, when leaders don't set a good example, then everybody else follows. But that doesn't mean you have to follow. That doesn't mean that you forsake everything that you believe in. That doesn't mean that you don't hold yourself to a standard. Because at the end of the day, you need to go to sleep with yourself and wake up with yourself and wake up in your own body and be comfortable in your own skin. And Mm -hmm. this culture that we're living in of negativity and the, the contagiousness of it and the way mm-hmm. that people are um, virulent and negative, and you, you don't even have to do it face-to-face. You can just do it on social media now mm-hmm. uh, and just spread a contagion of negativity. It's, it can stop, but it has to stop with you. That's where it has to stop. That's the only yeah, place I, where it can stop. I'll just mention one more thing, and I promise I'll move on from this. It just was upsetting <laughs> to me. This, but. Here's the problem that I have with it, Janine, and I'm very serious about it. And I'm, I really have a problem with this because this guy is, is rapping the MFR, the F word, and he keeps doing it and they keep bleeping him out. But Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter was there, Dr. King herself. Wouldn't you show some respect for this woman and her father and their legacy, his legacy, I should say? Show some respect. What is that? That's all I'm saying. I'm just a really big well, fan of Martin Luther King um, Jr. That's the, I just always have been. Well, as am I, and it happened. Here's something that I talk about in this messy, magnificent life, which may be hard mm-hmm. to hear, is that it already happened. And that's what happened yeah. last night yep. on the Super Bowl. And so here we are today. Now what? And what most people do, and I'm not saying that you're doing this, Tom, at all, but what has become so common that does not lead to change is basically complaining about what already happened and there's mm-hmm. nothing to do about it. So it's easy to say, true. who does that? You know, seriously, how could they? Wouldn't you think, and you can hear that in common language every day. Every day, there's an ongoing complaint about what has already happened, and there's nothing to do about it because it already happened. I, you know, I took a vow, and I write about this in one of the chapters in the book, about to stop complaining for a year, and it was almost impossible to do. I did it. My <laughs> husband thought I had the flu. I thought you had the flu for a year. Well, no, for the first two weeks. Because it was so hard to do for two it was so hard to start doing because I was so used to getting in the car with him and saying things like, Who does that? How could they? Right. What do they mean? I can't believe that happened. What kind of world are we living in? You know, I would say things like that about what had already happened as if my saying them was a way 
to change them, but it wasn't. I just ended up feeling more and more like a victim of horrible circumstances. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when you were going down that list, uh, when you got in the car, as you were going down the list, my wife was staring at me, so I want to thank you for <laughs> I that, like, Janine. Nail. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, and what does your wife say about it? I want to hear from her. Yeah. Here, Catherine. There we go. Oh, well, we've, uh, we, we have this ongoing conversation about the fact that whenever Tom uh, watches the news, that it's, you know, he's in a bad mood and complaining for about two hours afterwards. And I'm always like, can we just turn off? I, and I understand that for his, you know, for his career, he has to see what's going on and know what's going on in the mm-hmm. news and mm-hmm. complaining is a good part of his career. <laughs> oh, you see, you see, Ms. Roth, what I get, complaining is my career. Well, really nice. Part of it, it is. Yes, Making dear. observations and, right. and complaining about it is part of your career. I mean, it's just what it is. So, But on the weekends, it's like, just turn that television yeah. off, man. Just don't Better watch the news, yeah. at least for the weekend. Please, because it's just, <laughs> there's nothing good. No. It doesn't matter which no. side of what fence you're on. Nobody is, you know, cooperating and playing nice anymore. And it's just gotten to be where, like you said, you can't do anything about it. So why spend my weekend worrying about mm. it? The real so question that's... is, what can you do something about? Well, yourself. What yeah, can right. you do something? Yeah. About? Well, I can do something. Right. I can improve myself by realizing that my wife is far too good for me, Janine. What do you think of that? Oh, pandering to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, I was kind of pandering to my wife there, Janine. I, I don't know if you heard that or not. But... No, that was sweeping. No, I, I, the well, problem, and I, I swear to God, I, I promise I, I will stop, but how the rules <laughs> no, are, there's one set of rules for this side, there's another set of rules for that side. If you say it, you, your life should be ruined. If another person says it, oh, that's all right. It's just part of the culture. Yeah, the pitch, like, come on. We're, we're living in a pitchfork society. So, Tom, Tom so I have a question tom what would you talk about if you stopped complaining (laughs) is this this Catherine's sister on the phone (laughs) i never knew janine roth and Catherine brand were sisters rendered speechless i don't know what but the thing is cat but here's the thing Catherine would have to stop complaining about you complaining Oh, mm. what do you take that home with you, sister? Uh, I don't know if we'd have a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> well, here's the problem with complaining. And, you know, I'm, I've asked my students, I teach retreats and I teach mm-hmm. workshops. And I've asked Wonderful. them to take a no complaining week to see what happens. And they find... I remember I was talking to uh, a couple in my workshop, and they, and they said exactly what you just said. I don't know that we have a relationship. I don't know what we would talk about if we stopped complaining. But the problem with complaining it becomes a habit. is that you end up feeling like a victim. You end up feeling, and, you know, in a way... You become a hero, but you become a hero by being a victim because you're complaining about something. You're not doing anything about it. Right. You're not affecting any change. You're just complaining about what already happened. Mm. Right. No, and true. there's nothing to do about it. It already happened. So, so then you posit yourself as the victim here. In a, and, of course... There are lots and lots of conversations just like this. I mean, people, I mean, everybody feels some degree of outrage on one side or another, but that's not mm-hmm. leading anybody to change. Right. No, I think that is probably true. So what I should do basically is just let it go. Is that what you're saying basically is I should just let it go and you let the what, world um, fall apart? Here's the thing. <laughs> You see, that's exactly the attitude I'm talking about here. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay. That's what happens. That's exactly what happens. People feel one or two, one alternative or the other. If I don't complain, that means I'm sticking my head in the sand. Yeah. And I'm letting everything fall apart. 
Mm-hmm. If I, so that's, that's sort of the option. You just presented the option. That's why people are so into complaining, because they, they feel like complaining is actually doing something. Yeah, so when like you say, issue, okay, right. well, I'll just let the world fall apart, you're, you, what you're basically saying is, when I complain about it, that's my version of doing something about it. And oh. if I stop complaining, then I just let the world fall apart. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, although the one problem I would have, Janine, is I've been on doing the same morning show now for 34 <laughs> years, and if I didn't complain, they'd go, "Who's that on Tom's show?" <laughs> uh huh. But on the Somebody's... other hand, maybe you could actually communicate a different way of affecting change. Maybe you would inspire people. To do it differently in their own lives, and then things mm-hmm. would start changing on a different level. But you know what, Tom? You'd have to really get behind this. It couldn't be, oh, yeah, that's right. I really, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And, you're, you're, you know, the way you're talking, it's like you're a dog with the ears down and the tail between its legs. It's like, <laughs> okay, you yeah. You are Catherine's sister. I will. I didn't know Catherine had a sister named Janine. I had no idea she had a sister named Janine Roth. <laughs> I had no clue. I love it. We Come back and talk to us some more about this. Because I, I think you're a very good influence. Because you go, don't worry about that. Just, uh, you know. Because I know complaining is very hard on people, too. People don't realize that. But they think they're letting off steam by complaining. It actually is increasing the stress on mm-hmm. them. Right? It is. Then you end up feeling upset and filled with negativity. And no change ever happens from that. It, you know, change happens from a, a kind of a positivity, a vision of what's possible, where you're not pushing against something. But, you know, you're not against something, but you're for something. And I see this all the time with people and their relationships with food, because that's you know, sort of what oh, I have yeah. a Ph.D. in, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, but um, people feel like what, if they deprive themselves or they treat themselves badly or they complain enough about the size of their size or their weight, then that's actually doing something. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And change mm-hmm. doesn't happen because of that kind of negativity. And what we're really looking at is... How does change happen here, whether it's in your relationship with food and your body or out in the world? How does real change happen? Yeah, that makes sense. Do you, do you have a couple more minutes? Think, I just need um, to take a very quick – well, I, just, I want to I – if you can stay for just a little bit of the next segment, I need to go to break. But if you can stay for a few more minutes after that, I'd love to, to Yeah, take sure. That Is that uh-huh. all right? All right. We'll, we'll yeah. be right back, Tom Bernardio. Okay. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. 
give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life, and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest, Janine Roth. The book is called This Messy Life, A Field Guide to Mind, Body, and Soul. Now, you may have heard that uh, commercial that I just read. I did uh, in the past, oh, about a year, year and a half. No, about a year now, actually. I, I, draw, I lost 92.5 pounds. And what's interesting about that is it wasn't really all that hard to do. Uh, it's a great program, but but I have a question for you. Okay, you write about the open secret to permanent weight loss, what it is, and what um, why do you call it a secret? Uh, does it really lead to permanent weight loss? The question I would have for you on this is, and, you know, there are certain things about the way you lived your life that contribute to any mistakes or, uh, you know, let's, let's say failures and accomplishments is better than mistakes. You, some things tend to, tend, tend to f- cause failure. What I mean by that is I started smoking when I was 11 years old, many, many years ago, Janine. It was just part of a, you know, every other kid in the neighborhood smoked, so I started smoking. And I decided by the time I was 21, I don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. So I gave them up, and I haven't smoked since. And it's been a few years, Janine, if you know what I'm saying. I was a little boy yeah. when JFK was, was killed, so you know how old I am. But anyway. Uh, the one holdover problem that I have is I still have that hand-to-mouth thing. Once I started smoking and then I stopped it, I still find myself either having to drink water all the time or whatever. That hand-to-mouth thing is very, very, it, it's ingrained in me. So I don't know how to get around that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's tough. Right. Yes. I, so, you know, it is challenging and, you know, I guess my question, and I'm always interested, there's, there's, I'm always interested in this because there are sort of two ways we deal with something like this or that mm-hmm. I work with my students with something like this. One thing is, um, this isn't going to be something you want to hear, but I'm going to say it anyway. So what? <laughs> Why stop now? <laughs> Well, no, it's not why stop now. What, what, so I'm, and I'm going to ask you on another level about this in a second. All right. But all right. what's so bad about drinking water all the time? No, you it's fine. You're absolutely right. Any, You're right. Right. Any change, any change, it doesn't even matter what it is, needs to start with acceptance. You know, I tell mm-hmm. a story about a Zen teacher that I knew who wanted to stop smoking. And his teacher said to him, the way to do that is to go through each motion of smoking very carefully with a lot of attention. So, you know, make the, make each cigarette you smoke into, um, you know, something that you acknowledge or appreciate or honor rather than coming at it through... I can't, I shouldn't, I'm bad, I'm terrible, I'm scared right. of this, it's killing me. So that's one, and, and by paying a lot of attention to it and acknowledging it and making it be a thing that was okay for him to do, while of course keeping in mind that he really didn't want to keep doing it, but in order to stop it, he had to accept that he was doing it. And that's what I'm talking about, Tom, when I say, yeah. okay, yeah. fine. So, you know, there's the hand-to-mouth thing that's still going on. Okay, instead of having that bother you, instead of having you keep thinking, oh, I really need to change that, it's terrible, it's bad, what would happen if you just said, okay, here it is. You know, I stopped smoking, and now what I'm doing is drinking water instead. Well, I can think of a lot worse things to do than drink water. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's that, of just accepting it. The next level, because I said there's always two levels that we play on, the next level is 
what do you think that hand-to-mouth motion that you're talking about is trying to quell or express? What's that actually about? Is it about nervousness? Is it about anxiety? Mm-hmm. Is it about distraction? And if it's about any, if it's about distraction, distracting yourself from what? You know, what would happen if you didn't do it? You know, sometimes I'll say to my students around food, okay, I hear that you eat at night. Nighttime eating is a very big deal for people. I hear that you eat at night. I hear that you're so-called, they call it good during the day, and then at night all hell breaks loose. So I will, one part of how we'll work with it is I'll say to them, what's going on at night for you? Yeah, is it feelings yeah. of loneliness? Is it feelings of rejection? Is it, are you scared of the night? Did you have associations with the night when you were a kid where it was a time you were alone or your parents were fighting? Or what, What's the deeper level here? That's what we want to get to. We want to get no, to you're absolutely right. what is the hand-to-mouth motion expressing? You know, if it, if it, if you didn't do it, what would happen? What would come up? You know, th- those are yeah. more of the questions. So, you know, I'll ask people, okay, what happens if one night a week you don't eat or one night a week for a half an hour when you wanted to eat, you didn't eat, and then you called a support person because we set up a lot of support in our retreats. You oh, called good. a support good. person. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good so news. That's I, I, the question. I do. What would happen? Yeah. I mean, what would happen if you didn't do the hand-to-mouth motion? Do you know? Uh, I, I, first of all, I wasn't cognizant of it for, for the longest time. And then I started to notice, I'm like, my God, I do that all the time. I constantly put my hand up to my uh-huh. mouth. Because, yeah, Jeannie, as you know, I never shut up. So that's part of the problem. Uh-huh. You know, it's well, my job. A, I just have to keep right smooth. you're in the right job, Tom. Yes, I'm in the right job. You're in the right job. job. It's yeah. Uh, I yeah yeah I know I know exactly what you're saying. It, it's just a situation where I think smoking as a uh, as a young teen and you know right up till I was 21 years old, it it do, it did calm me down quite a bit. Uh, and I I, I guess right. What, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's it's discomfort. It's anxiety. It's nervousness. It's all of that rolled into one. Um, and I, I think people do use, whether it's cigarettes or alcohol or food or whatever it is, they put something in their system that makes them feel better. And I think, I think that's what this is all tied to, to tell you the truth. Well, the thing about food that I know for sure is that, that you know, many people think that eating is going to make them feel better, but it makes them feel worse. It's, you know, yeah. it's the old Winnie the Pooh thing of, Winnie the Pooh says the moment before he before he puts his hand in the honey jar is better than when he puts his hand in the honey jar. Actually, doing <laughs> right. It. So I think right. for many people, it's the anticipation, <gasps> relief. I get to have relief yeah. from whatever yep. this is, and it's anticipating it that brings the relief. And then the thing itself. Now, having never been a smoker, I don't know about this, but I know with eating, it was the, the looking forward to the binge, and then it was the first taste of whatever it was in my mouth that was so fabulous, but then as I kept eating, I wasn't paying attention to it anymore, and then it got mm-hmm. to be this automatic thing, and then it was about shame. You know, I'd keep eating, and then I'd feel ashamed that I kept eating, and then I'd feel terrible about myself afterwards. But one thing that was true about eating was if I started eating out of loneliness or a feeling of sadness or being rejected or feeling of failure, then what was going on after the eating was that I felt bad about the eating. So it was, it was almost as if I was in control of a situation that I could control, which was the hand-to-mouth momentum, rather than what I couldn't control, which was the fact that I had just not gotten the job I wanted to get. Yeah, so well, and, and you're right. in control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's exactly it, being in control. Yeah, that's exactly it. The hand-to-mouth thing for me does have that being in control thing because my childhood was out of control. It was, you know... 
It was yeah. not. Mm-hmm. It was not not great. Well, parts of right. it were great. Other parts were horrible. Right. But such, you know, it's yeah. one of those deals. So yeah, it's it's feeling feeling some power over life, your own life, not everybody else's. But it's really really good yeah, advice. Right. You're, you're very good at this, Janine. Did you know? Did anybody ever tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> well, just it's maybe. good that I have this as a job, just like it's good that you have your job. That's exactly right. Yeah, you're 100% right. Yeah. Well, come back and talk to us. I, I, I would love to hear from you once in a while, uh, because if I have any other problems, I'm going to call you anyway. <laughs> Tom, it's a the book pleasure. Is called, and people can reach me, you. by the way, on my website oh. if they want a lot of free stuff. Okay, and the website is... <clears throat> JanineRoth.com, and it's with a G, G-E-N-E-E-N, JanineRoth.com. It is wonderful. Janine, thank you so much for your time today. I learned a lot. Mm. You're, you're a terrific interview. Thank you. Thanks, Tom, and say hi to Catherine for me again. I will do that definitely. We'll, we'll talk soon, Janine. Thank okay. you. Bye. Okay. All right. Bye. This Messy Magnificent Life, a field guide to mind, body, and soul. Uh, Janine Roth, what a nice person. Yeah, it's all of this stuff, whether it's a drug problem, an alcohol problem, a food problem, a smoking problem, whatever, it's all about discomfort and trying to gain power over your own discomfort, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, people, they just try and cope with it. No, like what I like to do when I'm frustrated, I, I have to verbally vent. I call it verbal vomit. That's I have to purge yeah. it. You're I got to get it out. You're an external processor. Yes. So I, I lay it all out on the table, and then Dave and I will sit down and assess it and see how we can fix it. I don't dwell on it. I just need mm-hmm. to get it out. And then we figure right. out how to fix the problem. So, yeah, I mean, it. you know, people have outlets how they can get their frustrations out, whether it's if they have addictions or whatever. Have a journal. Write it out. Get it out there and, mm-hmm. and don't hold on to it because it's just going to make you a miserable person. And, you know, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think that's the problem we have with social media today, that people, they just oh, they hold on to this anger and then they start taking it out on other people, especially people they don't even know. <laughs> it's right. Like, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> I've never understood people who get mad at, like, you know, the cashier or the waiter or whatever. Right. It's like right. you're yeah. having a bad day, sure, but, you know. Well, I, I, was, know. I was at Target the other night. And I was getting some snacks and stuff because I had to entertain teenage boys for the Super Bowl. Mm. So a lot of Mountain Dew and chips <laughs> and dur- Doritos. Um, mm-hmm. But this lady, she must have grabbed something. And I, she started arguing with the cashier saying, you know, she's like, why are you telling me to put this back? I don't know. Somebody just, I mean, she just started. Why do you have to have attitude? I'm like, you're the only one with an attitude here, lady. Knock it off. Right. It's like, my God. And, you know, she had her kid with her. I know. It's like some uh. some people think that it's like, I mean, yes, it's a waiter or waitress's job to serve mm-hmm. you their food, but it's not their job to be your, like, slave. I know. It's like, it's really weird. I guarantee weird. you that lady called my department. Yep. Oh, I'm sure she did. <laughs> she sure was she mad. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure she, we well. gave her the benefit of the doubt and probably gave her like a $5 gift yeah. card. She <laughs> yeah. also had a Bob haircut. That's the, the, yeah, the can I speak to your, the yeah. reverse? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. The can I speak to your manager? Yeah, yeah it, it's ridiculous. It's just like I understand if you have a problem, be constructive about it, be adult about it. Don't start just railing on people. Right. It's just this anger people hold on to. It's like especially <laughs> like at the grocery store or at the restaurants. Like put it into into perspective. Like you're complaining mm-hmm. about your steak being medium instead of medium well, and it's like there's people. Dying out in the first world, world problems, yeah, right? Like, okay, let's put this on the and calm down, lady. Like, yes, yeah. we'll get you in this yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't answer the question: Why do I have to be Tevin's friend? It's just not. <laughs> You're stuck with me, Tom. We've already made it. This You're far. his friend yeah. by default. <laughs> just <laughs> a friend by default. That's really not. Yes, I feel really good about being a friend by default. <laughs> that works. That really works for me a lot. No, I, I just think the biggest problem I have right now and what Mom's talking about is what's, to me, what they used to say, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Everybody goes by the same rules, but we don't do that anymore. One group of people has one set of rules, yeah. and then another group has another set, and a third set, and a fourth set. You can't live life like that. If it's okay for one person, it's okay for everybody. And I'm talking about 
playing by the rules or not playing by the rules. Mm -hmm. You can't allow some people to get away with murder and other people can't get away with anything without you trying to destroy their life. It makes no sense to me. Well, you can as long as they allow it to happen. Yeah, That's one thing is is that people like groups that are being targeted by people like the media, social media, that kind of thing, they never Mm -hmm. do anything about it. They just accept it. Which you can't really yeah, I do. Guess. No, I understand exactly. We'll take a break. Be right back. Kostaki Economopolis. You talk about an internalizer. No. <laughs> we'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Now we're rocking out. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Tom Bernard Show the day after the Super Bowl. The worst Super Bowl I've ever seen. And the worst Super Bowl halftime I've ever seen. We're going to go watch the Puppy Bowl. dreadful. Yeah. We recorded I love the bu- I, I recorded love the, the puppy, puppy bowl. bowl. Puppy bowl. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like the puppy it. bowl. I don't know. They all get adopted too. We never yeah. watched the puppy yep. bowl. It's so cute. It doesn't we make it, it doesn't make any sense and like the, they just start peeing all over the place. <laughs> That's a penalty. <laughs> yeah. That's a penalty. That's they get a, a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> if they pee on the field, they get a penalty. <laughs> they do. Absolutely. They throw they the flag, they pee on the field. Yeah. It's just very Yeah, the the technically there is a ball. And technically, if they bring it to the end zone, their team gets a point. Yeah. But, but it's, it's not common because there's the puppies yeah. have no they're you puppies. Know, onus <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Yeah, they're puppies. They they have not been trained. You should <laughs> you should save it. I mean, you can watch it, but then when I bring the kids over on Friday, mm. fun to watch because I don't think I recorded it. Watch I usually puppies. do, oh. but I forgot. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. She would love to watch that. I we. Should. I shouldn't be contagious by then. So. Perfect. Does she have oh, yeah. chicken pox? That's Probably nice. not. Fun? No. So, no, yeah. Have it. yeah. Well, I'm she might f- get chicken pox from Melissa. I'm going to find no. no, I will not bring her around Melissa. I'm going to find, like, <laughs> oh. when. Well, you, as long as she has shingles, I'm not going to bring her around well, chicken her. Chicken pox at that age, that's when you're supposed to get it. Two? Chicken pox party. Three? Two is a little young. I'm When Sage is four. Four is like the ideal age. I'm just going to find somebody with chicken, chicken pox, pox and be like, will you lick my kid? <laughs> will you lick my kid? Get it over with. <laughs> get it over with. Yeah. We have Kostaki on the phone. Yeah, you, do you hear that advice, Kostaki? Just lick your kid and get over with. <laughs> find someone, don't you just lick your kid. Find somebody with chicken pox <laughs> to lick your kid. No, it's with yeah, chicken pox. Come on. They have to Ranger. be four, though. They have to be right. four. Yeah, get a stra- it's not hey, crazy. Stranger, Find right. a stranger to lick your children. Yeah. That's, good. <laughs> That's more Find normal. Find a disease stranger to do it. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Kostaki, you got a hell of a job ahead of you on the show today because that was the worst example of football I've ever seen in my entire life. How boring was that game? God, it was boring. The lowest total score in Super Bowl history. It was mm-hmm. like Rob Gronkowski yep. and Paris Hilton playing Scrabble. It was a low, <laughs> low score. That That's true. I got a little I've bit. been in chess tournaments with more scoring. What happened? Yeah, right? That's true. <laughs> Crazy. That's true. 
It is absolutely These two teams Catherine are better at shutting down scoring than our new baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Whatever he, do you mean? He personalized it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That? I like there that. you go. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Now we know the NFL sleep number is 53. Sorry, L-I-I-I. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out if you're ranking all the Super Bowls, you don't have to change the number on Super Bowl 53. It's, it's last place, right? Uh, yes. Brady, Goff, and Economopolis combined for zero touchdowns. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> after That's true. A, after an offensive week ushered in by the governor of Virginia, I guess these guys went the other way and brought us a Super Bowl with no offense at all. Uh, yeah. The Rams should have hired uh, Pete Davidson or Kevin Spacey. Somebody offensive. Get in here. <laughs> oh, my Are God. These That's a couple of great. <laughs> Are these guys federal employees? They didn't know the shutdown was over? What happened? Oh. In 2001, they were, the Rams were the greatest show on turf. This Rams offense has so many bad plays, <clears throat> their nickname should be Off-Broadway. That's a lot of bad plays, you see? <laughs> bad plays. God. Okay. The Rams, the Rams only scored three. Hell, Maroon got five, right? <laughs> the, the Rams. Yeah, five, Maroon the Rams five. The Rams were moving at the pace of L.A. traffic. It was it was sad. Dodge is now suing the Rams' offense for screwing up their Ram Tough slogan. So, that's sad. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some football games cause CTE. This one caused ADD. Like, let's see if there's anything else on. Right. The game needed Viagra. By comparison, the Pro Bowl looked pretty good. What's that irony for golf? Right. Poor Jared Goff, a good-looking, talented kid from Hollywood, traveling all the way to Georgia to have his dreams crushed. <laughs> it's a switch, everybody. <laughs> it is a switch. I like it. <laughs> Saturday was Groundhog switch. Day. Then Sunday with the Patriots was Groundhog Day. Again, enough with the Groundhog okay. Days on the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, uh, next year it's actually on fun. Groundhog Day. So. Oh. Is it? Right? Yep. On the February is that right? Yep. Alex's That's birthday. Interesting. Yep. How did you? How do you know that little fun fact? Because my birthday is on Groundhog Day. <laughs> oh, okay, so you so. look ahead to see yep. what's going to happen. <laughs> so I just know. Well, no, because it changes. It's a day ahead yeah. every year. So it was on Saturday this year. So oh, it'll be Sunday yeah. next year. That makes sense. It's simple math, okay. Stocky. Come on. Oh, okay. Oh well. All right. Wow. Oh, God. Why is it All right. How could it? It can't be a day ahead every year. How does uh, that work? It, it would eventually it's... be in July, no, right? No, a day of the week. Day of the week. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's the day of the week. I'm yes. smart. Okay. Yes. Now I yes. <laughs> smart. Keep telling yes. yourself that. <laughs> God, that's nice. <laughs> this game went from boring to sad. I felt like I was watching The English Patient. It was, it was so... <laughs> oh. Yeah. It was an M. Night Shyamalan film, but with no twist. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Here's a question. What happens to the blue and yellow confetti? Do they send it to Africa? Like, where, where does all that go? <laughs> I think about that every Super Bowl. I'm like, what happens to all of the paraphernalia of yeah. the other team? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it goes to, it goes the to Africa. The other things well, that, you know. that don't work out. Right. Yeah. It's in a big pile somewhere with the Dewey president newspapers. Or whatever. <laughs> yes, Thomas Dewey. <laughs> Brady has more rings than most trees now. The only person with more rings than Brady is Elizabeth Taylor, right? Liberace oh, has fewer gaudy rings. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady was yelling Reagan, 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 which is what Paul Ryan yells when he reaches orgasm. So that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> How would you know? <laughs> it's, it's better than Roger Stone. He yells Nixon, Nixon, Nixon. So that's even worse. <laughs> I think it'd be fun if the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl were yelling Alexa just to mess with everybody in America. <laughs> oh, can you imagine if they did that? Alexa, Alexa. <laughs> oh, that would not gosh. be good. Oh, God. Alexa, hut, hut, hut. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> Maybe we get some good entertainment on in the meantime. Uh, so it's Maybe. official. Maroon 5 made it to the Super Bowl before the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> More surprising sleeves, Adam Levine or Bill Belichick, huh? Yeah, this is serious <laughs> tattoos oh, that guy has. 
Are those real? <laughs> Not a good look. Seriously, are those real? Yes, of course they are. All of them. Yeah. yeah. Tattoos. Oh yeah, he he has like a <sighs> whole article about all of his tattoos. He has like a really? hundred or something all over his body. Hundred of them. Something like uh, that. Rough look. Yeah, it's not great. It's a lot. It, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, he's he's a good-looking man, but it's an interesting choice. I felt like he was stealing Bert Kreischer's stick, running around with no shirt on the whole show. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love Bert. Bert's a good guy. He's one of my I favorite was, <laughs> people in the world. Yeah, he's funny. Uh, yeah. I was hoping for an Adam Levine blackface moonwalk. I thought that would have been very tough. Oh, <laughs> sure. You could run for governor of Virginia then. Yeah, right? That would be good. <laughs> At halftime, the Rams, the Rams only had two more first downs than Maroon 5. That's not good. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, That's having the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show in the city that invented Coca-Cola. That's not yeah, right. I know. That's like having, I know. That, that's like having a meth convention in Colombia. That's not right. That's, a, that's like having a, co- a cocaine convention in West Virginia. That's like having a Patriot Super Bowl in Atlanta. Boo! Oh, <laughs> God. That poor Kostaki. <laughs> Why can't ICE arrest Tom Brady? He's an alien from another planet. Get him out of here already. <laughs> he uh, is, man. He is from another planet. You're right. Here's an amazing stat. The Patriots have never scored a touchdown in nine Super Bowl first quarters. They start slow but finish strong, like alcoholism. <laughs> That's what the Patriots like. <laughs> the, Fal- the Falcons, of course, are the opposite. They start strong and then disappear, like Louis C.K. <laughs> All right. Oh. Wee. Oh. <laughs> Don't forget the Vikings. Don't forget, Don't the, forget Vikings, the Vikings, that. yeah. That's right. Oh, Vikings. I never heard so much about an age gap since Anna Nicole Smith got married, right? Uh, Belichick, <laughs> 66. <laughs> McVeigh, 33. That's the Hollywood relationship right there. The Super Bowl Maybe. halftime show should have been Sean McVeigh showing Bill Belichick how to use Spotify or something. <laughs> that would have been generational uh, halftime fun. Uh, Brady, you know, 41. Golf, right. 24. Uh, just think, when Jared Goff was born, Tom Brady was already cheating in the NFL. So, <laughs> oh, oh, that's cold. <laughs> I don't know what was worse in this game, having the over or stock in corn syrup. <laughs> it's an interesting <laughs> series of ads. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure, Romo was good, but did he predict the death of the Dilly Dilly night? I didn't see that coming. Oh, that yeah. surprised me. I'm so happy that's over. Yeah. Oh, God, I hated that. Song. <laughs> dilly, dilly. Oh, God, shut up. <laughs> Who took a bigger beating in the Super Bowl? Corn syrup, the dilly, dilly night, or the Rams? <laughs> it's quite a series of thoughts. Um, three points. That Microsoft ad. Six points. With the handicapped kids playing video games. Ooh, that got me. And, uh, and so did those first responder ads. I expected to cry when the Patriots won, but I didn't think I'd be crying before then. <laughs> You know, it's, uh, I'm not surprised, but I am disappointed. Um, yeah. You know, next year, next year, somebody in the AFC East, somebody play football. Dolphins, Jets, Bills, anybody? Somebody nope. stop this terrible team. <laughs> not going to happen. Not going to happen. Hey, you have, to, I know. you have to remember one thing, Kostaki. The Minnesota Vikings missed the playoffs because he got beat by the Buffalo Bills. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's <laughs> one of the that. that's one of the many many reasons we we didn't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. One of the many reasons they didn't make it to the playoffs. Oh, they were God. one player away, and they spent eighty four million and got him. It was supposed to be a happier ending. I don't understand what happened. Their football is hard to figure out, man. It is. It's true. It's it's Bill Belichick, and then the rest of us. <laughs> that guy's good. <laughs> Well, um, actually, it's Bill Belichick, good teams, and Atlanta and Minnesota. That's what you got right there. Okay. <laughs> oh, as far as the Super Bowl is concerned, just don't no Atlanta and no Minnesota. It's going to be a disaster, and that's all there is to it. Yeah, so, someday, someday, maybe we'll see. We'll see. In our lifetimes, we'll, we're hoping for mm-hmm. it. But by the way, I've always seen uh, a re- resealable Pringles top, uh, the, the top of the can. 
as the most laughable mm-hmm. idea ever. I'm never resealing a Pringles can ever. I'm eating the whole damn no. thing of Pringles every time. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But now they want me to do this Pringles stack. They want me to open like 22 cans at the same time and mix and match them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I need. That's what I need mm-hmm. in my life. More Pringles. <laughs> I can't eat them. All right, they guys. Make me sick. Yeah, me too. Did you know that? <laughs> Uh, really? I, I love eat, them. I, they, they make me vomit, and I don't yep, know what me that too. is. Yeah, I too? used to yep. love them, but something about them, the oil they use, I don't, I don't know. know. Probably because they're yeah, filled maybe. with garbage. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, well, they're just dirty. Yeah, they're, uh, potential. I think technically speaking, they're just oil and sawdust and compressed MS, into a... And MSG. <laughs> that's it. Yes. Mm. Oil and sawdust. So, Kostaki, we're not going to hear from you now for how long? Yeah. Where are you going to go, <laughs> man? Uh, where am I going to go? I'm going to sleep. What are you talking about? I'm tired. Well, I know, but I mean, I mean, from week to week, we're going to miss you now until, what, July or something? Well, you do a report I'm gonna, April during the draft. I'm going to miss you, too. Yeah, usually I do one in, in March. There's a flurry of big-time big trades. Right, and then, of course, true. end of April is the draft. So those are probably the next mm-hmm. two times I call you guys. Um, but, yeah, I'll take a long winter's nap and uh, recover and take care of a baby for a while. Um, All right, I'll miss you guys good. too. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. Kostaki, you're the best in the business, and we'll we'll talk to you in March and April. All right, sounds good. Thank you guys so much. Take it easy. You too. Go Vikings. Kostaki Economopolis and Quick Snap. <laughs> we'll go Vikings and take yeah. the Falcons with you. That's what you were going to say. I heard it. <laughs> it's all true. Such is life. It's painful. It it's is. all painful. Yeah, fun. Maybe next gentlemen, year. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, yeah, that's, I've been saying that since I was nine years <laughs> yeah. old. The Vikings came to be when I was nine years old, so it's maybe next year, maybe next year, maybe next year. maybe. Last time there was a Super Bowl was 1977. But we have Good hope long every long year, Tom. Every year. Every year there's hope. <laughs> mm, I don't see it that hey, way. If the, gre- if the <laughs> turf freezes over, then we got the advantage. So. Yep, yep. Yeah, there you go. What did we talk about with the book lady? No. The book lady. <laughs> well, technically, I'm not complaining because I don't care, but. <laughs> what book lady? Her oh. name is Janine. I mean, no. <laughs> I was like, she's literally Good just God. I had to leave and think about something you. else for a little while. I'm confused. You're a disaster. Did you eat eating the stamps again? Yep. No, I had to deal with a phone call thing. Oh, no. Were you thing? eating stamps? <laughs> Were you eating stamps, honey? Yes, my pica. <laughs> you caught it from Jude. Well, <laughs> we'll talk to you tomorrow, Tom Bernard. Show.